Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it is time for our weekly Bible study right here on our website. Uh, this, this, this teaching is titled what our radio broadcast used to be titled years ago. Let's talk about Jesus. I can't speak, I think of a better title for our broadcast, then let's talk about Jesus. Because if we ever needed to focus on our Lord Jesus Christ, it's now. It is now. Listen, the scripture is very clear. If we're going to run to win, if we're in it to win it, if we're going to run this race, this race that is set before us individually as Christians, we've got to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience, literally perseverance, the way the Greek is used there. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And that brings us to the title of our teaching. This is the third in the series, uh, and we we want to really emphasize this great truth and get a new perspective on trials and testings. That's why we're talking about the precious trying of our faith. One of the leading Anglican theologians of the last century was William Temple. And here's what he once said, and he said this at the turn of the century. But see if this doesn't fit our contemporary society today. Exactly. He So here's what he said at the turn of the century as he saw the world and the way it was headed. He said the world as we live in it today is like a shop window in which some mischievous person has stolen overnight and rearranged all the price tags. So the cheap things have high price tags on them, and while the really precious things are priced low. And then he said, the great task of the church, which is more urgent than ever, this is the turn of the century, is to define what those really precious things are, to teach them to our children, and to live them in our lives. I believe we need a hearty amen for that today. We need this message today more than ever. And if it was just the world around us that that doesn't value the precious things and devalues them, in fact, it's the church world as we have come to know it today that is so compromised that the precious, eternal blessings of God have been switched over Uh, to a lower priority than the material and physical blessings uh, of, of, of promised in the Scripture. Make no mistake about it. God wants to bless us physically with healing. He wants to bless us financially with enough to meet our need. There's no doubt about that. But this idea, this unbiblical, unspiritual idea that God wants 
us to be just like the world in our value system and to put a premium on things here instead of things above. We're not prepared for the persecution that the early church went through when our our value system is similar to and sometimes absolutely matching the world's value system. That's why we're called as Christians to come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing, and he will receive us. Amen. That coming out and that separation is not living like a hermit in the woods or a monk on a mountain. (laughs) No, it means we live by a different set of values than the world around us. And that's why we weather the storms of life so much better than the world around us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me go back since it's our third in the series and and review our foundational scripture for this. It's in First Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 1 through verse 7. And this is addressing Christians that have had to leave their homes, their jobs, and be scattered looking for some place to get away from the heaviness of the persecution that has come to them because they are simply following Christ. And in order to do that, it's an entire different value system than the world around them. Listen to what it says. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Oh, friend, <laughs> what, what immediately the focus is taken off the things that they may be called upon to sacrifice in order to keep the faith. And that is the material things, the temporal things, the things of this world that are passing. That, that's why we're told not to love the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For the world passes away. Amen. And all the things that are in it. But he that does the will of God abides forever. The inheritance is not the the, the riches and wealth of the earth here and now. Although God will indeed meet all of our need according to his riches and glory. Not all of our wants, maybe all of our desires. You see, our desires should not be matching the desires of this world, people selling their soul for riches and power and and what what the riches and the power can buy and achieve for our flesh. Oh, God wants us to, to prosper and be in health as our soul 
prospers. And when your soul prospers, your values change. <laughs> Amen. The price tag is put squarely upon the eternal and the spiritual and the heaven to come and not this old passing earth below. I believe we need to travel light down here because we're on a journey. We're to see ourselves as pilgrims and strangers passing through, sojourners, people who are just passing through this world and not get our roots down in it. Amen. Listen, who are listened to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed when? In the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, in order to keep the faith, they they came under the pressure of persecution, heavy persecution. If need be, ye are in heaviness. They felt the pressure of it, the pain of it, through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory when at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Praise God. We talked about the precious trial that brings us closer to God. We talked about the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Today we're going to talk about the precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. You see, taking hold of what they have in God that is more precious than anything that is valued so highly in this temporal world that is going to help them as they devalue the things they're giving up and reestablish a, a new value in the things that they possess as Christians. <laughs> they're not going to see giving up what they gave up to keep the faith as a sacrifice at all. Praise God. Amen. That's that's the change. That's when the devil loses this battle for our soul and this battle for our mind and this battle for our values. Amen. Our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, is so precious. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. Listen to it. Chapter 4. I mean, verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You should underscore that. Priceless beyond any way to calculate the worth of it. That's what this word means. In our, in our language, it means it even more forcefully in the Greek. Verse 5 says of 1 Peter 2, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, 
<laughs> and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. Hallelujah. But unto them, unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I'm not talking about America or some other, uh, uh, some other nation by the name of, of, of Canada or South America or Asia. We're talking about a people, a nation made up of people, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him. This is not just worshiping Him. This word praises here is the virtues of Him. That we would, we would manifest the fruit of the Spirit, which is the reproduction of the character of Jesus in and through the child of God. We should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Wherein in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not attained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, being a Christian today and knowing how important it is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior is the true riches Amen. Nothing is greater than that. Nothing is more costly than His blood. Nothing is more important than knowing Him as our Savior. So this third precious thing that Peter mentions to these suffering saints is our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the very Son of God sent into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you remember? If you're a Christian, you must remember when He called your name. When He knocked at the door of your heart and He called you by name. As it is written, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Peter emphatically uses the word stone several times to describe our precious Lord. Jesus in Scripture is a living stone because He was raised from the dead in victory. He's the chosen stone because He was chosen of the Father before the foundation of the world to offer Himself as a sacrifice for sins. Jesus is a precious stone, because He alone can save us from our sins. See, there's one God, one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And He will save all who repent of their sin and trust in His finished work on the cross. 
He's also the stumbling stone because the Jews would not accept him as the Messiah that was foretold. They stumbled in unbelief and had him crucified as a blasphemer. But he's also the cornerstone because he's the chief cornerstone on which the church is built. Christ will one day also be the smiting stone. Because he will come back to judge all who reject his offer of salvation. I quote Spurgeon a lot. I've been reading a lot of turn of the century preaching and preachers because there's such a shallow grade. And I don't, I don't mean that in a mean way, but you know, if you're looking around, there's a lot of, of, of material temporal preaching that has to do with me and mine has little or nothing to do with the glory of God and living to bring honor to Him. C.H. Spurgeon proclaimed the preciousness of Jesus to the believer. See if your heart does not rejoice in praise. Listen to what he said. I like this. Have you got on your shouting shoes? I forgot to ask you today. Are you ready to rejoice And be exceedingly glad. (laughs) Persecution's here. It's going to intensify. We can weather this thing with the right value system. Praise God. Listen, let's develop, let's Christianize this value system that sees the kingdom of God and the king of glory far more precious than any sacrifice we may be called upon to make in order to follow him. Hallelujah, and to know Him. This is what Spurgeon said at the turn of the century. He said, How precious is Jesus to the believer in the hour of conviction of sin when He says, Your sins, which are many, are all forgiven. How precious to you in that hour of sickness when He comes to you and says, I will make your bed in your sickness. How precious to you in the day of trial when he says all things work together for your good. How precious when friends are buried, for he says, I am the resurrection and the life. How precious in your old age. (laughs) Hey, anybody out there past 70? Are you listening today? How precious is he in your old age, even in old age? He says, I am with you. How precious in the lone chamber of death, for I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. But last of all, how precious will Christ be when we see him as he is? All we know of Christ here is nothing compared with what we shall know hereafter. Then he says, Believer, when you see Christ's face now, you only see it through a veil. Christ is so glorious that like Moses, he's compelled to put a veil on his face. And if he be lovely here, when he is marred and spit upon, how lovely must he be when he's adored and worshipped. If he's precious on the cross, How much more precious when he sits on the throne. (laughs) Hallelujah. If I can weep before him and love him and live to him when I see him as the despised man of Nazareth. 
Oh, how shall my spirit be knit to him when I see his face and behold his crown of glory when I mark the harpings of never-ceasing harpers who harp his praise. Wait a while, Christian, if he's precious to the believer now. When faith is turned to sight, he will be even more precious still. Go out of this hall and cry, O Lord Jesus, I must love thee. I must serve thee better. I must live for thee. I must be ready to die for thee. For thou art precious to my soul, my transport, and my trust. Glory be to God. Amen. There's a dear dear, wonderful couple who came to our church, and they were, uh, both of them, I suppose, mid-70s or nearing 80. They lived in a mobile home park for 55 and over. And then they came to the piano, and she began to play. You could tell she she played well, but there was a feebleness about both of them because they they were up in years. They, they And they began to sing a simple song. And I don't even know all the verses. I just know the chorus. But when they begin to sing it, tears begin to stream down my cheeks. And they just begin to sing, Jesus is precious. Oh, how very precious Jesus is precious to me. Oh, friend of mine, when they sang that song, I thought about just what it meant to know Him as my Savior and my Sovereign, as my sacrifice Lamb who took my sins and stayed on the cross that I might be forgiven. What 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 earthly thing, what earthly uh, treasure could I ever possess that could compare with the preciousness of escaping the damnation of hell <laughs> and obtaining the promise of heaven. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of the kingdom of God this way. And it, it compares the precious with the things of this world. Listen, listen to the value system here. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price. And if a man discovers it, if he finds it, he sells all that he has that he might possess it. Why? Because what he is possessing is of greater value than anything that he possesses. There's nothing that he has that is worth holding on to when he's found the pearl that is so very valuable. He went on to say in the same sense, he said the kingdom of God is like a treasure hid in a field. When a man finds it, he once again sells all he has because this treasure is worth far more than anything it's going to cost him or anything that he may give up to possess it. These Christians were getting a kingdom value system Christianized within them. We're told that we brought nothing into this world. We can't take anything out of this world. But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
Listen to the value system as it goes on in Scripture. We brought nothing in. We can take nothing out. But but godliness is of great gain or true riches. Praise God. Amen. And then it goes on to say, Be content with such things as you have. Why? Why? Why why aren't we discontent, always reaching for more, ever getting but never having enough? As a Christian, we're told, Be content with such things as you have, having food and raiment therewith be content. For he hath said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you that we might boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man can do unto me. What is that worth? Even before we get to heaven, what is it worth to be able to say, No matter what I face in life, The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my shepherd. Praise God. No matter what I face, I do not face it alone. I do not face it by myself. For he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Having him as my Savior, him as my sacrifice lamb, him as my friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Nothing that it may cost me to follow him can be compared of knowing Him and serving Him and having His promise to never leave me and never forsake me, but to go with me all the way even unto the end of the age. Jesus is truly precious. Oh, so precious. So precious to me. Remember the song, Just a chorus, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. If you've been feeling the pull of the world, you may be looking back. And if you keep looking back, there's danger of turning back. Choosing the things of the world over the things of God. Missing that grace and peace multiplied that the world can't buy with all of its wealth, all of its power, all of its riches, all of its fame. But we have a treasure in this earthen vessel. For we have the kingdom of God. For we have the king of glory. Hallelujah. Today, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Like the song says, And the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, you haven't discovered the truly precious Son of God, you haven't chosen because you haven't come to know the value yet of eternal life. Oh, friend, escaping hell, that's enough to serve Him with everything. But gaining heaven, 
Oh, that's more than enough. And having His promise until you get to heaven, I'm going to go with you every step of the way in this old fallen world. Oh, come to Christ. Run to Jesus. Have your sins forgiven. And get ready for the soon coming of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.